Hello and welcome to the Board Shorts podcast brought to you by Get On Board Australia, the destination for new and aspiring board members and company directors. This podcast is called Board Shorts because boards and governance can sometimes be a dry topic. So I'm bringing you valuable, easy to digest information on board and company director related topics, concepts and ideas in 30 minutes or less. Whether you're looking to join a board or thrive in the boardroom, this podcast is designed just for you. My name is Lisa Cook and I'm your host. As founder and managing director of Get On Board Australia, I hope to make this podcast and the information I share valuable and useful to new and aspiring company directors and board members like you. Welcome back to another episode of the Board Shorts podcast. It's great to have you here. Throughout my board career, I've noticed the difference in outcomes and relationships that can come from taking the time to really understand people and the issues before jumping straight into problem solving mode. It does test my patience, but I've found that taking the time to first understand someone or something is a worthwhile investment. The relationship gets stronger and the problem usually gets resolved more effectively and efficiently because I've taken the time to truly understand the situation and root cause. The key to getting better answers to help solve problems or seize opportunities is to ask better questions. Genuine curiosity is a cornerstone attribute of effective board members and effective boards. But how do we develop our questioning muscle? What makes a great question? What stops us from asking questions? And where do you start when faced with big issues in the boardroom? Well, I sat down with question asking expert Greg Buston earlier this year at the International Vistage Chair Conference in San Diego to pick his brain about how us as board members can develop and ask better questions in the boardroom. Using Greg's book, That's a Great Question, as a conversation starting point, Greg and I talked about what makes a great question, what words to avoid when asking questions, what is stopping us from asking questions, the value in slowing down, why how you ask a question is just as important as what you ask, five questions that every organisation should be asking itself, where to start with big decisions in the boardroom, and my favourite, a brief history of the question mark. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Greg please reach out and let me know how this episode has inspired you to ask great questions in the boardroom. Greg, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Well, I'm grateful, uh, Lisa, to be uh, to be invited. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's jump into it. You're celebrating a new edition of your book. That's a great question. Congratulations. Thank you. Why did you choose to write a book about questions? Well, I'm, I'm a uh, recovering consultant. And so that means that uh, 
my my first inclination was always to solve, right? And and as I became uh, an executive coach through Vistage International, I really um, came to to uh, better appreciate the the power of uh, asking great questions. And so in uh, 2011, I wrote the first edition of, of the book, and ever since then, uh, I guess I'm a question collector, and I, I have been collecting more questions, and, um, and I wanted to put some more context around why uh, questions matter, what's the difference between a good question and a bad question, and, uh, and I added another 500 questions and wow. included uh, three new categories. So the book's in, uh, uh, organized around 20 categories. There are over a thousand questions in the book, and I've been told uh, by a lot of folks that they find it uh, very, very useful. And so I figured it was time to expand it. Nice. More questions. More questions. <laughs> so then... I think the obvious question that leads on from that is, what is a great question? Well, it's important to ask questions because um, really what it what it does is it, it, it creates an, an opportunity to, to to learn more. It creates uh, an opportunity to to shine light. Uh, whether it's on a situation or um, causing a person to think about something uh, from a from a different perspective in a way that they may not have previously uh, con- considered it, and and so it, it's good to ask questions. And really, the the difference between uh, a, a a good question, a bad question, a great question, I think a lot of it comes down to. Uh, intention and and so it, it's not about uh, interrogating people it's it's really more about being genuinely curious mm-hmm. to understand what's going on beneath the surface is what 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 is the root cause of a, of a situation uh, what are the under, underlying motivators that is causing a person to to act uh, a certain way and there can be a, a great way to ask a question, and there can be a, 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 an unproductive way to ask a question that can trigger a, a flood of emotions that will cause a person to shut down instead of opening up. And that's definitely not what you want. Well, uh, probably not. <laughs> not if you're not if you're genuinely wanting to get. I mean, it's not. It's not. You're not taking a deposition. This is mm. not someone on the witness stand. You're really trying to un- understand uh, first for yourself, and then seeing whether or not if you ask a question in in a in a in a different way, in a different tone, uh, mm. the, the right phrasing, whether or not it will unlock something for them. Yeah, and I think that's a trap that a lot of board members get into is that they take it to the interrogation side of the spectrum rather than really trying to get a deeper understanding of what the matter is that they're trying to understand. Right. Yeah. Yep. So you talk about in the book trigger words that are probably worth avoiding. Off the top of your head, what are those well, there are words that, that uh, use 
you like you know mm. what are, are your what what were you thinking or what you know mm. that always never those kinds of words um, have a lot of baggage with them and I think that you know a, an example of a um, of, of, of a leading question that that can be a form of a bad question I mean and it can be done innocently I mean we're here at an international conference, and people will say, "Well, how are you enjoying the conference?" Right. And it's like, "Well, I'm, I'm." You can either say, "Well, I am enjoying it," or "I'm not enjoying it," yes. as opposed to saying, "Hey, how are you finding the conference?" And so sometimes, you know, just understanding that that asking in a neutral way is actually going to reveal more of what it is that you're looking for, as opposed to mm. le- leading the witness almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a tricky line to walk as well. So when it, when good questioning or great questioning is so fraught, it seems better to understand why people avoid asking the great questions. But what are some other reasons? Because I know you touch on these in the book as well. Why do people tend not to ask I want to say great questions, but sometimes people tend not to ask any questions. Right, and and sometimes the the great question is in and of itself not a great question, but the timing mm. of a good question makes it great. Right, and and so there's there there's that. I think that a lot of times people um, they don't slow down. Mm. Uh, I think that that in, in terms of why why questions are not are not asked. Uh, to be, to begin with, I actually uh, note in the in the book some some reasons, some common reasons. One is a, a certain arrogance. It's like, hey, I already know the answer, so I'm not going to ask. And and I always say, well, you should ask and be surprised because you might get an answer that you weren't expecting. Um, there's maybe a may, maybe the the big one is well, I guess they're all big. Is is self centeredness. It's like I don't really care. I don't really care. To understand what what's going on, there can be a, a fear of embarrassment. Hey, if I ask this question, am I going to look stupid? Mm. Um, and, and and really, the 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 paradox in in that is that when you when you're the one asking the the question, and this is sort of counterintuitive, you're actually more in control. I mean, you're interviewing me, you're asking me mm. the questions, you're in control, and I'm answering, and so. We need to understand that asking questions actually is not something that we should should fear or be embarrassed about. It actually helps us to learn more about the person that we're we're talking with. Uh, I think that you know asking a question um, can disturb the status quo, and you can be seen as a troublemaker. You know, it's like everyone's thinking it, but no one's asking it. And you're like, I'm the guy that always asks it uh, when I was coming to this conference, my wife says, try not to get fired, you know, <laughs> by, by asking too many, you know, pointed questions or, or, or whatever. And I think sometimes they're simply, I'm not going to ask because I don't want to know. Yes. You know, if I ask you, yep. you know, and I have that, I've had that happen um, with executives that I'm, that I'm coaching. It's like, okay, I've just, I, I'm just going to have to ask <laughs> and, and I'm going to have to be ready in, for the answer, including an answer that I may not want to hear, because it may be about me, it may be that I'm not measuring up, or mm. you know, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. So I think that there are a lot of reasons 
um, that that people don't do it. But I think the other thing, I guess mostly, is that it it does take some time to to slow down and think about mm. that. And that that actually is where the question mark came from in the in the Middle Ages, when everything was written, they had to figure out a way to indicate that a question was being asked because there was no punctuation. And the question mark at the time was called the lightning flash. And it was actually put into uh, these, these um, I guess, manuscripts or wh- whatever, these documents, uh, as a way almost like uh, a, a musical note to say, okay, the, the inflection is going to go up uh, or down and there's going to be an opportunity to pause. And I think um, a lot of people are just in such a hurry that there's just, hey, would it be easier if I told? Would it be faster if I told? Mm. Sometimes that's true. Um, the, the, the other way to look at that is to say, okay, um, asking a question will help the other person you know, create some level of awareness or learn or, or what? Yeah, I could tell you something, but if I asked you, that probably is going to have a, that's um, probably going to resonate more deeply with you and help you un- uncover something and an answer mm. your potential, mm. uh, what whatever, as opposed to saying, hey, do, do this. Mm. Fra- frame it as a question and see what happens. Mm, absolutely. And I was reflecting on this as I was reading through your book recently and the book does start out with questions to ask yourself largely I think it is what around that you value most and really what are you doing with your life um (laughs) yeah yeah, we start right in the deep end that's right that's right there's there's no holding back (laughs) um and I wonder do you find a correlation between people who don't get to know themselves that those are the type of people that don't tend to ask questions to further their understanding, help solve a problem, etc. Have you noticed any sort of correlation? I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I think the, the correlation, and there probably is one, is that if you don't, if, if you don't ask those questions of yourself, and, and I had had a, a very successful uh, career in, in advertising and um, and, and yet, remarkably, I had not asked myself a couple of really fundamental questions, which is what truly do I stand for and what truly do I want? And, and, and you say, well, those are so, those, those questions are so, so simple. And yet I realized that I had only answered them on the surface. And as a, as a result of that, I felt like I was making some compromises in in my life and so i think that um you know like anything uh if it's if it's um if if, if it's going to be um worthwhile and la- lasting i think we have we have to be the ones to go first yes. and so we have to ask ourselves what what do we stand for what are our non-negotiables um and what do i what do i really want what am I willing to sacrifice? I mean, really sacrifice to get this if it's what I say I really want. And I think that when you are, when you are comfortable, let's say, or aware of, of asking those kinds of questions of yourself, I think that it, to, to your point, I think it does naturally flow that you're going to be more willing 
to ask um, questions that that can potentially have uh, a profound impact mm. on on other on other lives, on boards, mm. on organizations. Mm. Mm. Definitely, I love that. So you say that the best answers come from great questions. How do we start asking better questions, particularly in the boardroom? Well, I think um, by the book. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, I I say, because I I do say there's a chapter saying that asking questions is not enough. I I think knowing, knowing, uh, timing, no, knowing that there there are good and bad ways, you can ask uh, um, uh, 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 a question in a in a reframed way. Again, I keep coming back to this: how how you frame it mm. is as important as um, the the question uh, b- behind it. I think knowing that there are. Um, there are different types of questions. There are recall questions, like if I said, "What did you have for breakfast this morning?" That would be a recall question. That's probably the mm. the, the lowest form of because you're like, "Okay, I can recall that," and that's what it is, as opposed to saying, uh, you know, p- particularly if you're if you're on a board, you would ask perhaps uh, impact questions. What what is the impact of doing or not doing? something you can ask uh, funneling questions that are designed to get us from you know the top of the funnel down to a, a you know hey what have, what what are the facts what have we considered mm. what are the options what's the best options do these options uh, uh, are they in line with our core values I mean things like that that all funnel down to help you get to a um, to a point so I think that there are a lot of different types of questions and I think being aware of those types of questions can be helpful uh, as as people consider um, how they how they are going to implement this notion of of asking questions. Um, I do a workshop on this on this topic, and one of the questions that I ask is, I said, "Well, what is your what is your ratio of telling to asking?" Ooh. And so, if you were to think about, and I give people a little a little. A little token with a question mark on. I said, carry this around in your pocket and think about: okay, am I telling or am I or am I asking? Because if you're a leader, really the the value of a question is that you, if you're a leader, you're a coach, and really what a what a question is designed to do is to help the other person grow and develop. It's not just to give you information necessarily. It may it may be that, but it's also um, it also can be helpful in, in helping the other person to grow and to develop. Mm. As long as you're not pretending to tell them something but couching it as Cor- a question. Well, yeah, so when my wife says, uh, would you like to take out the, the, the rubbish, <laughs> yeah. it's really not a question. <laughs> not a question. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Um, if you could boil it down to one question that every board member should or could ask, what would that be? Well, can I? I'm going to answer in two parts. Please, um, Peter Drucker, who is really the the master, the modern, um, uh, really the the father of modern uh, management consulting, said there are there are five questions that uh, every organization uh, should ask. So I'll list Peter Drucker's uh, five questions. What is our What is our mission? Who is our customer? 
Number three, what does our customer want? Number four, what are our results? And number five, what is our plan? Um, if you were to say, um, you know, what's what's the one thing? I would say, do I do I do I know what I stand for? Because I think that 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 ultimately, if you're if you're a board member, that's the you have to have the the courage to to say, is this really the right thing? Could we be doing better? Am I the only one that's going to speak up about this mm -hmm. issue? Do we have the right team in place? Right, Th those sorts of things. And ultimately, if you're a board member, uh, you have the responsibility to speak up. And so in order to do that, in order to ask those questions, you have to be very clear about who you are, what you stand for, and what your non-negotiables are. Mm, absolutely. Love those Peter Drucker questions. Yeah, he They're was the master. Yeah. He was the master. Well, he, the story, um, uh, when Jack Welch died, uh, or when Peter Drucker died, and, and, and Jack Welch, who at the time was the CEO of, of, of General Electric, which was one of the world's biggest companies, um, he had called Drucker, and, and, and Peter Drucker asked him two very simple questions. So you could say, well, on the surface, these weren't great questions, but in the context that Drucker asked Welch these questions, they proved to set the strategy uh, for the company. And he said, um, um, if you, um, in, in what, in what uh, sectors are you not the number one or number two company? And if you're not number one or number two if you weren't already in that business, would you be in that business? And it caused Welch, those simple questions caused Welch to say, we're either going to fix, sell, spin off, mm. you know, those those underperforming units. And um, very, very powerful questions from two very simple mm. concepts. Absolutely. So what about when we're faced with big decisions in the boardroom? Where do you even start? Well, it's a great question. <laughs> and <laughs> um, in, in my newest book, which is called How Leaders Decide, we actually talk about some of the greatest decisions that have been made. And, and guess what? There are questions around each of those decisions. And what I have, have come up with is a list of, of 10 questions that uh, leaders should any leader should ask before making uh, a significant a significant decision. What are the facts? What's our objective? Number three, what precisely is the problem we're we're, we're trying to solve? Number four, who should be involved in in helping uh, us reach the decision? What are all the possible solutions? Are the possible solutions aligned with our core values, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And then what I have done because one great question leads to another. I've created this this tool, which I'm happy to make available to your your listeners. Um, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it has the the, the ten questions in one co column that starts uh, with the heading is the quest because that's where the word question comes from. It's quest a search, and then the middle section is um, the the journey, uh, and it has other other questions. So for each one of the ten original questions, there are five or six other questions wow. that that those um, uh, um, I, I guess really um, 
follow. And then the third column, which is left blank, is the discovery. And uh, so if, you're, if your listeners are, are interested, they can come to my website, which is buston.com, B-U-S-T-I-N.com, and um, we'll make that available to them and they can download it for free. It won't, it won't help people <laughs> make the decision, but it will right. give them a path for, uh, for making it. That's wonderful. Thank you. And we'll put that link to in the show notes so people can get there easily Great. as well. Great. That's very generous and very helpful. I bet. Um, so wrapping things up, where can people find your books? I understand you've written probably five. Five books. Six, yep, five yep. books. And then how can they reach out to you? How can they connect with you? Uh, five books all available on, on Amazon. Uh, the newest one is audio for the first time, so I'm, I'm happy about that. So they're in um, hardcover, softcover, uh, the, the new book on um, uh Defining moments in in uh, in history is is on audiobook, and those are all through Amazon and wherever, as they say, fine books are sold. And uh, my my website, best way to reach out to me is is is, is to go to my website, um, which is buston.com, uh, or to, to email me at greg.buston at buston.com. Perfect. And, and I'll reply. Awesome. And you're on LinkedIn. I'm in. I'm on LinkedIn. Instagram. I am. That's wonderful. All those things. All the all the places. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and wisdom today, Greg. I really do appreciate you making yourself available this afternoon. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. It was a pleasure for me. You've reached the end of another episode of the Board Shorts podcast. Connect with us at getonboardaustralia.com.au forward slash podcast where you can leave your requests for future guests and topics to cover. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive information and resources to help you thrive in the boardroom. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or your preferred podcast listening app to subscribe, rate and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.